Did you hear about the pedophile Satoma Miyazaki, the otaku killer? I didn't. Did you hear about the Wichita massacre? The Carr brothers were released on bail for non-violent offences, but then went on to kill five different people in one night. What? How about the Columbine massacre and the fact they considered hijacking a plane? I genuinely didn't even know about that. Join me, Claire. And me, Angela, to the Murder on Our Minds podcast. Where we will discuss cases from all over the world, powered by wine, snark, and a genuine fascination with murder. So if you like true crime, you can listen and subscribe via Apple Podcasts or through your favourite podcatchers. Always be careful who you swipe right on, and try not to get married within the first month of meeting someone. You'll find out why in this episode. tennis chains like i'm in the tennis game y'all homies wearing gold ropes you're broke have you even never played tennis killers out the six have you ever even played got tennis answer the high. question ex-girlfriends got sir answer high. the question you are in contempt of court right have now. i ever played tennis yes andre agassi answer the question i have played tennis we used to have a tennis court at mcmorrow field mm. right across the street from my parents house <laughs> We were we were we were abysmal at it, Chase and I. Okay, which one of you had your shirt off? Ooh, we weren't just shirt off couple. I thought when you play tennis, well, you have one shirt off, one shirt on. Uh, we burned I, easy, and we didn't want our plenty th- tits hanging out. <laughs> Cody, you're definitely thinking of like pickup basketball. I think you are. You know which what? I also used to do with the uh, Mexicanos down at Spruce Park. I used to before shoot before they took down the net because there was too much violence. Mm. I always think back to I don't know what episode it was, but Jordan was telling us about him. You played Shirts and Skins in Lutheran High School, and we changed the name from Shirts and Skins to, what was it, uh, Shirts and Sinners or something yes, like that? Yes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> was he here for that even? I think so, right? Okay, I can't remember. if he I was personally here. do not remember that. <laughs> I mean, it could have been like when we were still ripping on him every episode that without him be. actually being here. We haven't done that in a while. Because like he's a here. week and a half. <laughs> <laughs> the roast mode from the Bumbles like a week ago. With Jordan Jordan and Girl Jordan. I'm yeah. glad they could take up the mantle and do that <laughs> podcast for us. Speaking of school, I don't know how this came in my head, but I realize I hope... I'm going to come in your head. <laughs> I hope before I die, there's something I really want to witness. Huh. I want to witness... murder. <laughs> no, 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 no. I want to witness a principal have a mental breakdown during a graduation ceremony. Mm. Like, uh, doesn't he do that in Billy Madison? Mm-hmm. Like, yep. he, he just loses it. His wife just left him. He's developed a mild drinking problem. All because of He can't of Billy. handle these kids anymore and just goes off. I think that'd be amazing to watch that. Definitely. Does that make me a sick person? No. That's no, not, I think that's, it would be quite funny. That's the pinnacle of an educator's career. I, it's been so long since we've gotten to see, like, 
someone freak out and quit their job yeah. at work. I really yeah. want to see that soon. My favorite one was the JetBlue flight attendant. It turned Ooh. out he was a gay man, but okay. that doesn't come into the story until later. So, there was a man, and he <laughs> the plane was taxiing. He still got up and was trying to get his bags out of the thing. They're like, mm. sir, the plane's moving. Sit down. We're not at the gate yet. You're just being an asshole. And the guy didn't sit down, and he kept getting his luggage, and then he hit the steward in the head with it, the Ooh. flight attendant in the head with his luggage. So he said, you know what? Fuck this. And he grabbed two beers out of the tray. Hell yeah. Popped the emergency exit, <laughs> slid down the thing, oh. got in his, said fuck you to the plane, said I quit, got in his car, drove home, got arrested later. Yeah, yeah. I, in you In the can't arms do of his that. lover. Yes. You can't do that. Mm-mm. So I'm guessing the plane wasn't moving. Yeah, I think it was. I don't know. And you still pop that fire? Yeah. Well, they don't taxi very fast. Yeah. And the pilot will know because I think a billion alarms go off <laughs> in the cockpit. So he's resting his hangover over and he's like, What is waking me up right yeah. now? Why yeah. are there blue and red lights all over the place? <laughs> I will say that would probably be. I hope I'm never in the predicament where I have to use that door. Yeah. But that slide looks kind of fun. It looks right. amazing. <laughs> It looks amazing. I, there's nothing more terrifying than having something happen in a plane. Yeah. But uh, if it ever does, I hope I'm alive long enough to use the slide. Yeah. That's oh, my yeah. one goal. Or at least be Marky Mark. <laughs> do they lubricate it or do you just go down? It might be dry. I'm it not might sure. Be dry? Yeah. Seems like you could get a little bit of a rug burn or something on you know especially with these women that are wearing all these tight small clothings yeah. on the planes these days <laughs> is that a thing i don't know i have no <laughs> idea i was just being sexist i'm trying to be controversial now <clears throat> you're you're trying i don't know if you're quite you'll get there you do every episode i want to be rush limbaugh part two <laughs> Well, have you been popping uh, prescriptions? Oxycontin. Yeah. While saying that all drug users should go to prison or be executed <laughs> for like 30 years. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's the exception. I guess so. He went deaf because he ate so much Oxycontin. That's See, is crazy. that a thing? Yes. Yes. You can go wow. deaf. Jesus. Like permanently or temporarily? Well, he's lost like 80, 90% of his hearing. Okay, I haven't seen him in a long time, but he had, like, the balding, like, yeah. halfway up and then the ponytail. Oh, yeah. Right? Ugh. He's a hottie. We call God, that a skullet. He's a hot <laughs> motherfucker. Are you guys going to be rocking a skullet, you think, when you're older? Are you going to just shave it off? Once my hair goes, I'm well, cutting okay, my whole you head see, off. You seem fine because you have, like, a full, luscious, thick hair. I'll probably Thank be you. the first to be bald. I, mean, I don't know. You're Jordan. already making some progress on that. <laughs> Are you? It's My, not running away. The hairline's creeping. It's Cre- consistent, though. <laughs> the uh, the stress up here. Uh, the yeah. stress is eating my hair away. Which just sucks because my dad is almost 60, and he has luscious, beautiful, yep. thick yep. hair, and I'm going to be cursed of being bald. He's perfect form Cody. He is. He's final form Frieza Cody. He's like, yep. he's like if you imagine me, but... A perfect yeah. specimen. Yes, that's Rick. <laughs> I'm, I'm the genetic mutation from yes, Rick. Yeah, you are the problem. Him and my sister will probably be the perfect specimens, and I'll be the trash baby. <laughs> You're not actually his son. You're like his twin that didn't develop all the way, and somehow you were fertilized much yeah. later. <laughs> but he got all the good traits. 
I want a son, but he can only be 50% of what I am. <laughs> Can't have that little bastard out doing me. No. no. I don't even think I've gotten... I probably couldn't even beat him at basketball yet. Goddamn. I, I don't know. We, I should play him. I should challenge him. That man's got the layups, I guarantee Dude, you. Dude, just cross him up. He does, The weird thing is, like, he has that dad strength. I've oh, yeah. never oh, understood yeah. where he's... Old man he, strength. I've never understood where he's getting it from. He's been working on cars his whole life. Yeah. He's got the... the uh, the like farmers gross hands like mm-hmm. callous complete hands oh, sure yeah. every finger's been broken at <laughs> least three times i <laughs> i don't know i've never asked him if he's broke his fingers but he's just got like those rugged i'm so used yeah. to seeing the farmer's hands those disgusting gnarled yeah they claws. look like two fucking leather gloves on permanently <laughs> yeah, it's like awful. every finger looks like a bratwurst it's yeah. real bad Oh, I had bratwurst last weekend. It was delicious. Man, with some onion, that's how I would do it right really? now. Really? That's how you like No oh, sauerkraut? Oh, yeah. Kraut and onion, okay. baby. Kraut and onion. Ketchup? Make that thing stink. You do not put ketchup on a brat. Fuck you. I'm sorry. I'm a ketchup boy. Yeah, I put a ketchup on there. Yep. All you and need, mustard. All obviously. you need is some goddamn kraut and some brown mustard. You have to have brown mustard. You can't just have... Yeah, no. Don't put yellow on there. You don't want plockmans. fucking heathens. <laughs> Gross fuck. I was surprised you didn't say fucking whole grain mustard or something. That disgusting shit. Ew, those seeded I, ones? Yeah. Oh, my God. I love that shit Get so much. Get your cock out of that my mouth. That shit is only good if you're, like, using it for, like, a marinade or, like, yes. cooking yes. with it, not on I don't want to eat mustard seeds. I'm sorry to tell you. <laughs> yeah, no. but when you bite and they explode, it mm-hmm. tastes so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to another episode of... Of the Bubble Butt Podcast, the only podcast on the internet that uploads weekly. Who knows what it'll be about? Certainly not me. My name is Adam. Sitting across from me is Jordan. How are you, Jordan? I am fantastic, Adam. Excellent. How was your week? Can you tell me anything about it? <laughs> um, yeah, my week was fun, uh, but not really. Just a lot of hard days and long days at work. But fat check coming up. Yes. I like fat checks. Mm, First week of the pay period is done. I already have 56 hours in. Just this week? Yeah. Next week's looking to be the same. Yeah. You're going to be rolling. Is that why you're like a roasted tomato right now? Exactly. (laughs) Is that why you look like an emaciated tomato? (laughs) (laughs) When you were cracking Brad's back, I hadn't seen him turn that red in a while. Really? Yeah. I I suppose you couldn't see him, but Uh. yeah, he was like... He looked like, I don't know, an angry Looney Tunes character just got hit in the head with a mallet. That thing that thing popped. That thing popped. His little spine went in What happens direction. when you do that one time and he ends up like Lou Gaines? That'll be awesome. <laughs> you paralyzed. I don't think anybody in our audience will know who Lou Gaines is. At I this barely point. know who he is. I just think he's an old rock star, right? Lou Gaines? Isn't he? Who's... I thought he was an Olympiad. Is he? I, don't... I have no idea. Who's the one uh, he was a rock star, and I think he got in, like, a drunk driving accident, and now he's uh, paralyzed from the legs down. Actually, I have no idea. I, I yeah. don't know. Someone send us in. I'm pretty yeah. sure it's it's a musician you of some sort. You just picked someone who you knew was paralyzed and went with it. Oh, Leaf Garrett. <laughs> Leaf Garrett. Oh, Leaf Garrett, oh, yes. yes. I didn't yeah. see no fucking black ice. That's how VH1 <laughs> behind the music. They need to bring that back. Mm-hmm. We need to do that with, like, uh, the modern musicians. Mm-hmm. Lou Gatiss. Who the fuck is Lou Gatiss? 
I sometimes names just pop in my head and I just spit them out and we we roll with it. That's how we that's how we go here. God, if he's an Olympian, I'm gonna look smart. But if he's not, I'm gonna look just as dumb as you, and that's gonna suck. I'm just gonna throw my money on movie producer. All right, that's fair. It that doesn't sound uh, shalomi enough to be a movie producer though. <laughs> Jesus, okay, that's fair. There you go, Adam. You got it out of the way now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, okay, Jordan, your week was good. Cody also here. He's having a sip of beer from Bianca. What yeah, are you doing? I, <laughs> I'm i enjoying a Sculpin IPA with a catfish on it. That's I, awesome. <laughs> I did forget that I am enjoying the Red Trolley Ale, and pretty quick here, I'm going to be cracking into that peanut butter victory at sea. Are you into it? I am quite a fan. <laughs> Raspberry Lime Lager. 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 Yeah, Lager. <laughs> From Minneapolis. You're the only lager? You're the only one of us that's ever been to the UK. <laughs> it didn't mean I had laggers. You're such an idiot. <laughs> Adam, can I hit him? Yes, of course. He, he's, oh, yeah, he's within reach. <laughs> uh, Cody, how was your week? Uh, it was great. I, I enjoyed being sick a day. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was great. Uh Work was awesome, as usual. I was so excited to go back. and <sighs> You had yep. upset tummy, right? No, I had uh, night fevers. Oh, yes. I Usually had, night the... fevers make me have night shits. I've never had a night. I've never woken up in the middle of the night to take a dump. With a painful diarrhea shit? No. no. Jordan? I never have. Okay. I want to <laughs> because I love taking You're... shits. <laughs> It sucks. I think, I assume everybody likes taking poops. Nice ones. Yeah. That are no, nice. I like all of them. No, I had like the weird fever nightmares. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, I fever hate them. I hate them. I hate them. They're like the worst fucking, I wish I could remember them because I think they would have made a good movie, but mm -hmm. they're horrible and scary. <laughs> 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 They're horrible and scary. <laughs> I have to turn on a horror movie to get it out of my mind. I've been watching um, Z Nation. That puts me to bed. I hate you. <laughs> well, me and Casey love that. Casey yeah, love that show. I remember. It's like extremely cheesy Walking Dead. Mm -hmm. Do you the know what the best Walking Dead was that didn't have any goddamn zombies in it but was better than every one of these shows? What? Jericho. Mmm, yeah, that was God, a good one. I love that. I show. like that, and I liked Revolution. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I really like those two shows. Mm -hmm. I don't know why they got rid of Revolution. Mm -hmm. I assume because like you can tell it was an extremely expensive show to make, right? So I'm assuming maybe like people weren't catching on, like they were Lost, because I think uh, it's made by the same guys made Lost. I'm pretty sure. The whatever Lindelof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The, uh, yeah, the fat guy who could, like, what do you make, like, the fireflies explode or something? Yes, yeah. <laughs> That's where it left off. But, like, the Civil War part was, like, the coolest part Hell of Revolution. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I wish I knew what you guys were talking yeah. about. That's all right. <laughs> you guys want to know what a real piece of shit show is? I do. 911. Reno? No, it's just called oh, 911. Yeah. Wait, like the old show? No, it's like... A new series on Fox. Yeah, it. Remember they have it's, like Chicago Fire, and then uh, it's. I think it's along with it. It's about paramedics. Yeah. Well, more about like the call center people too. Mm. Boo. But, no, me and Amy were just like sitting at the apartment, and 
all of a sudden it came on and we're like, all right, what's this all about? Because there were people like touring a chocolate factory and a dude almost drowned in chocolate. <laughs> oh, I saw the goddamn stupid commercial for Then this. they just like cut to something completely different. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Well, I can tell you one And thing. then all of a sudden it cuts to like one of the 911 call center people. <laughs> and she's like having a mental breakdown and giving her coworker like her life story. And she's worried that her, you know, she doesn't make a difference on the calls. And then it cuts to another 911 call. I'm like, what the fuck is happening here? It's that Adderall filmmaking right there. <laughs> Dude. That's not it. It's so bad you can't stop watching. So you're saying that's not a good way to supplement foreplay? Mm. No. <laughs> that's not a good way to get no, the party started. All right, we're going to jump into the episode here, boys. We're 15 minutes in. Oh, you ready? Uh, yep. Get All it. right, guys. I'm taking over. It's me, Ooh. Adam. Long before dating websites and lying about your dick size <laughs> through cyberspace. There was peril as well as companionship to be found among the columns of newspapers' personal ads. Uh, quick correction. People lie about height. Dick yeah. height? Not dick size. Oh, height, no, height, height is the big thing Height now. is a bigger problem. Six foot? Is was that it, what everybody says? Was it Tinder that was going to have, like, you have to verify your height on there now? Dude, you know what's I funny? I have no idea because I'm happily in a relationship. <laughs> One of our listeners sent me a picture of a guy that was holding up, like, a tape measure. To prove how oh, tall he no. was. Like, that's how. <laughs> you want to know what? You, when I was today, literally today at work, I was standing there with you and Brad and Max, and I was feeling very insecure because it's like three giants towering <laughs> around me. And I'm like, God damn it. I'm how tall too is fucking Max? short. He's not that tall. He's got to be like six foot, probably. Yeah, I think he's six one. When you're like five eight, five nine, like yeah. I am, you feel. They're towering on you. They're beasts towering on you. Man, I looked over at Donnie, who's as tall as me, but a uh, skinny rail, <laughs> yeah. you know. And I saw Steve, the parts mung man, like standing next to him, like looking up. And I was like, oh my gosh, is that what that looks like when we talk to each other? <laughs> I'm sure it does. Me and Steve, I love him. All right. Uh, from the turn of the century until 1920, James Bluebeard Watson a soft-spoken, mild-mannered Southerner, <laughs> eluded law enforcement officials, leaving a bloodstained trail of dead wives in cities ranging from Canada to Washington to Idaho to L.A. He wed 22 women who responded to his ads, and he murdered at the very least a third of them in his twisted little quest. That's got to be a record. 22? Jesus. Yeah, it's That's <laughs> impressive. They all went missing, like none of them. This dude must be slinging some good dick. <laughs> This right now, whoever's going to read this will be the wanted ad that he put in every column of the newspapers. Oh, I got this. A gentleman need an appearance of courteous disposition, well-connected, has property and connections with several corporations, a nice bank account, and considerable government bonds, would be pleased to correspond with a young lady or a widow. Object matrimony. <laughs> That's the one way to get a lady turned on to your government bonds. That's right. Hey, I should just make a Tinder profile that says, I have a lot of government bonds. Marry me, baby. <laughs> I got stock in the government. Signed H.L. Gordon or James R. Ruett or J. Hoort or Harry M. Lewis, Walter Andrew, Dan Holden, P.J. Slavin, Bo Ridgemont, or at least 10 others. 
Sure, name PJ Slavin. PJ, it might be PJ Slavin. They all sound fucking fake to me. I know. Yep. I like Bo Ridgemont. Bo Ridgemont's pretty, pretty that, hot. That's good. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty hot. I'd go. I'd, 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 I'd marry him if I were a young widow. I mean, it sounds like he's from France, but also fought in the war. Has he, he's his family's got some old money? Definitely, he's nobility, French nobility. For those who replied to this ad, he would arrange a personal meeting leading to a taking-it-way-too-fast relationship where he would either fake or possibly believe he was in love. He would then defraud the wives' families and then kill the wives. Oh, so he gets the wife's family's old money. That's uh, that's his plan. <laughs> he and all of his wives, which is believed he had up to four in each community at a time, would write out wills to each other and further... He would inform his entire unwitting harem that he was a U.S. Secret Service agent who would be away frequently. <laughs> Clever. I miss the time when you could just tell people you were a U.S. Secret right? Service yeah. agent. I know. Just like, I'm going to be away for the weekend. I have uh, hard investigating to do. I mean, if I were to tell anyone I do anything besides masonry, they'd be like, you're a fucking liar. Yeah. <laughs> And he, this like guy I'm actually an accountant. No, you're not. Yeah, no. So so far, I'm gonna get the impression from the overall story, his worst crime is being a bigamist. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> and that will ultimately be his undoing. <laughs> God doesn't like bigamists. No, certainly not. <laughs> now, our boy wasn't looking for just any old debutante off the street. He was looking for the widowed ones with children to look after perhaps believing that their husbands had left them a considerable amount of money. Oh, I thought he just wanted a nice pre-made family. Yeah, <laughs> and there, hey, there is nothing wrong with that. No, no, do you, buddy. Hell yeah, it is the 21st, at this point, the 20th century. Do you. Yeah, yeah. The con had begun to unravel while he was living in Hollywood, when one of his dearly beloved became suspicious of his sudden out-of-town <laughs> business trips and reported him to the authorities. He's a Secret Service agent. <laughs> He is the authorities. The The key word there is secret, okay? You got to keep it down. What long. are you doing telling the local cops? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm doing federal business here, lady. <laughs> Catherine Wambacher Andrews knew that her husband, whom she knew as Walter Andrews, was up to no good. But the poor woman could have no idea how bad he truly was. She hired a private eye to check up on her wandering spouse. The Nick Harris Detective Agency took the case and immediately noticed upon checking federal registries that there was no federal agent named Walter Andrews. So they began to stake out their home in Hollywood. One night, Walter Andrews told Catherine that he was being called away to investigate a diamond smuggling ring for the Secret Service. <laughs> I don't think that's the Secret Service's job. <laughs> Hold on okay. now. No, no. They used to do counterfeit stuff. That's right. They were they originally... To. Of the uh, Federal Reserve. Right. Yep. They were all about money. A locked black bag constantly in his possession also aroused her curiosity. Ooh, and her vagina. And her <laughs> made it pulsate. The private detectives prepared themselves for a God knows how long car ride following Watson to his pressing Secret Service business. When, to their surprise, he pulled up less than a mile away from his home and got out of his vehicle. Uh-oh. How convenient. 
You walked into a house and didn't leave until morning. Must have been one hell of an investigation. <laughs> There's in a there. lot of diamonds in that house. <laughs> Less than a mile away. <laughs> You'd have to do some deep cavity searching in that oh, house yeah. for them diamonds. <laughs> Excuse me, I need to probe you quick. <laughs> <laughs> Lube up. While Watson was out of the house, being what I can only assume is a rad overnight detective of some kind, Catherine and Detective J.B. Armstrong called for backup. The real LAPD. And he and a sheriff's deputy were soon searching through the house, where they picked the lock on the mysterious black bag. Damn, it even had a lock on it? I Hell mean, yeah. my question is, did they have a warrant? No. No. <laughs> That's very illegal. Hey, listen. Shh. Hey. I don't, do you need a warrant against Secret Service agents? Yeah. They <laughs> need are... a warrant against every American citizen. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not worry about that right now. Keepsakes and treasures from his previous victims fell out, including savings bonds, marriage licenses, love letters, pictures, telegrams, storage receipts, bank books, <laughs> safe deposit keys, women's jewelry, wedding rings, and property deeds. I feel like the weirdest thing in here is the love letters. You think or so? Or maybe the telegrams. I don't the know. Maybe they're love telegrams. I guess. Yeah. I know. This dude's just riding dirty with evidence. <laughs> he... He's a sick puppy, though. <laughs> he loves having all these trophies with him at all times. When Walter Andrew returned from his diamond smuggling operation, the police and private detectives had hard grips on their nightsticks. Say it right, Billy Clubs. Billy Clubs. <laughs> expecting a confrontation on being caught. But Watson turned out to be a cowardly little git. He stood about 5'9 and weighed 129 pounds. He had a face like a buffalo nickel. <laughs> Aboriginal and colder than a quick frozen fish. Excuse me, I think a buffalo nickel is fucking sexy. Very handsome. <laughs> Five nine hundred twenty nine pounds. It's like fucking Austin, isn't it? Yes, that's a fucking twig and a half. <laughs> One Billy Club hit could snap his fucking legs. <laughs> his sparse hair drooped over his high, shiny forehead. The lower half of his face was all jaw. A square of flesh and bone and a <laughs> wide mouth rigidly mounted on a high celluloid collar. I mean, if he's got a chiseled jaw, that's not too bad, right? Yeah. I mean, dude's... It sounds like the rest of it's pretty awful, though. <laughs> it sounds like somebody took a sledgehammer and hit the side of his head three times. I'm envisioning a Dick Tracy villain. Okay. Yes. <laughs> all right. Isn't there one that has, like, his face all fucked yes. up? Yes. <laughs> okay. Man, that movie was pretty bad, though. But those comics were fun. <laughs> the NES game. I wish Holy I shit. <laughs> that was bad. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it is also believed that he had a congenital sex deformity, which turned him to a shy, inhibited, nasty fellow, which he blamed solely on his mother. Apparently, when he was stripped and examined upon arrest, his secondary sex characteristics were discovered to be slightly feminine. Little James, who later changed his name to Watson, had a psychologically rough childhood, and in every psychiatric examination after his arrest, Watson would spit hot venom about his parents, and had a particularly horrid hatred for his mother. Yeah. She never gave him a kiss or a kind word, and she would pray for sins he never committed while hitting him with a horsewhip. Oof, it's not good. Wait, okay, so what's the sex deformity? The sex deformity is coming up. Oh, okay. All right. It's coming up. <laughs> it's not good. 
<laughs> it doesn't suck. When you when the words sex and deformity go together, usually it's not great. It really sounds painful, and I <laughs> hope none of our listeners suffer from it. No. Is my tiny penis considered a sex deformity? <laughs> oh, that's just <laughs> unfortunate, baby. Okay. I think it'd be like if you had a penis like the guy from Shape of Water. A that, fish dick? Yeah. Jordan had a fish penis. Yeah. <laughs> he is considered America's most enthusiastic bluebeard, and he murdered women for the fun of it. Considering he has nine known victims and another 12 to 15 estimated, it's a real wonder I'd never heard of him. Although I'm not as into the genre as Cody is. Watson did not trust reporters, and like a lot of these other whack jobs, he tried his hand at writing while he was in prison, but it failed miserably. Apparently what he was good at was murder. So he was illiterate, dude? You know what I mean, how some of them try and write. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it probably just didn't flow well. Yeah. And- didn't know his adjectives and adverbs. Yeah, kind of like me. <laughs> he was getting... Well, no, you're Cody, much, you, you just can't read. Yes, you can write like a motherfucker, but you can't read worth a, worth a nickel. That's a good point. I was thinking about this because you, you briefly mentioned Bluebeard today, and every time I hear the word Bluebeard, all I think about is Jordan eating out Mr. Or Dr. Mon- Manhattan's asshole. <laughs> 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 Sign me right the fuck up. I thought you were going to talk about the Fables comics, but all right. No, 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 no. That's too easy. That's what I was thinking I don't about. even have a like, real beard anymore. <laughs> no, you don't. I You've just, really, I just You've have really trimmed down. Does Dr. Manhattan like wipe off blue on other people, you think? Do you uh, think he poops blue? He's super radioactive. Well, no, because he can... Be- he can bang still. Hmm. Yeah, I guess he, they don't. He probably comes like green or something weird. <laughs> like when you drink can you a blue Gatorade. Imagine when there's like five of them. If he all comes at one time, Ugh. he can be a self-made bukkake. Wow. Yes. <laughs> wow. I never thought He's of that. He's talented. He discovered that bodies stay submerged if you weight them with rocks and throw them into deep, cold water. This we, knowledge. We have a genius on our hands. <laughs> This knowledge accounts for why only one of his victims, who was quickly buried in a California desert, was ever discovered. Watson admitted bashfully that he had no time to search for his usual watery grave and had to knock her off on the spot. So, um, in cold water, does stuff sink more? I get, that's... That's kind of what I... I feel like I've heard that before, but I'm not entirely sure. It's... That seems to be the theory that they're going off. I guess here. If, if it's colder, it might get harder, and then uh, maybe I, I don't like know. it doesn't or get all floppy or something. Someone who's thrown a body in just, water, email us. Yes, please. Or you just <laughs> no, put just enough kidding. rocks on there that it goes down regardless. Yeah, that's a good point. So, too. coming from the masonry background, what would be your preferred rock, Jordan? Ooh, <laughs> like a limestone or like a. Like, limestone's heavy, but it's very porous, so... <laughs> um, I'd probably go with, like, a Fond du Lac Cambrian. Mmm, my favorite know. one. <clears throat> I don't even know what that is. I'm a Fond du Lac fan myself. Okay. All Big right, one. all right. In a letter to Dean Jennings of Esquire magazine, published in April of 1946, Watson and Jennings have a little exchange. I would appreciate if I could only be let alone. Why don't you quit writing, then? Though legally dead, I can still pen my thoughts and sell them. I was once offered $15,000 for the life and loves of J.P. Bluebeard Watson. Did you take it? No, the offer was unfair. 
My lawyer wanted 50%. Fucking greedy-ass lawyers. No kidding. So that's a, a little newspaper exchange. They were toying with each other. Bluebeard was a bit of a local celebrity when he was arrested. I bet you can understand why. Yeah, I why. can imagine why, yeah. Watson was born on July 3rd, 1871. Ooh. Although there is some speculation even about that. According to astrologers, the reason why he committed all but two of his crimes on or near bodies of water was because he was born under the sign of cancer. Ah, okay. The crab. Yeah, that makes okay. sense. right. What is known, however, is that he was born in the village of Paris, Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> the first and only child of Mr. and Mrs. George Gillian. Guaranteed. Paris, France copied Paris, Arkansas for yeah. the, le- oh, the yeah. Eiffel Tower. I yeah, know the it. Leaning Tower. Huh? Yeah, I got you. <laughs> Watson ran away from home when he was 12, and he got lost in the late century into the modern era shuffle for the next three decades. He turned up in Canada in 1912 and went to work as a salesman for the Robin Hood Milling Company in Calgary. Wow. Several years later, his bosses and colleagues would call him... Rather erratic, a very mild sort of person, and an awful bore. Yeah, so he was a stick. He's a real stick in the mud type yeah. of guy, and that was a great Canadian. <laughs> On the day of his arrest, using a hidden blade in his clothes, he slashed his own throat, trying desperately to die. But he had a tough neck. That's quite the compliment, right? I want someone to tell me I have a tough neck. Just a fucking guy from Assassin's Creed, Jesus. How the hell did he hide a blade in there? It's 1920. Nobody knows yeah, what's going on. I suppose. They don't need a friskum or anything. No. <laughs> District Attorney Woolwine was convinced Watson was a psychopathic killer. But all his investigating only led to the fact that Watson had married around 22 women, and a shocking most of them disappeared. They disappeared so hard that police in five western states were unable to turn up a body. So, so that's not a red flag? <laughs> I guess not. I guess you're good there. What if his dating profile just said, maybe you can be lucky number 21, or 20, <laughs> 20, 21 tries, but I think you're the one, baby. <laughs> you're my forever girl now. <laughs> because of these tough circumstances, Woolwine was forced to make a deal with the piece of shit. Watson, if you show us the body, I will accept a guilty plea to one man only and ask the court for a life sentence instead of death. One body? Yes, just one. No one knows, then or today, exactly why Watson pointed the finger at himself. They were never going to find the bodies, ever. So you you think he could have gotten away scot-free? Yes. Wow. But he did use this to his advantage anyways. He made the best of his bad situation. Hmm. Either way, he guided the officers to a lonely spot in the desert near El Centro, where they exhumed the remains of one Nina Lee Deloney. So, Jordan, Mm -hmm. I think that means the center. I think so. (laughs) El Centro. Uh, I don't know. Cody, you're not the smartest man on the planet. (laughs) Neither am I. And Nina is a girl. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is the no. Bud Door the Explorer lessons now. Nina, there's Nina's Coffee Shop in St. Paul. Girls Come Coffee on. Shop, bro. It's a delicious coffee shop. <laughs> Watson said he was forced to kill Nina with an axe when she found a letter from one of his other wives and threatened to expose him. 
Uh, I don't think you're ever forced to kill anybody with an axe. Just well, going to throw that out there. She found out he was a huge bigamist and a liar and a moiterer. You know what? Wouldn't she you bury should, an axe in someone's she, skull? She should have just did what my mom did when she found my love letters when I was a young boy and just uh, humiliate me with them. That's the worst. <laughs> that's the worst. That, that's not traumatizing yeah. at all. <laughs> I you've turned got, out fine. You've got feelings. I'm going to make you feel like shit about yeah. that. <laughs> you know how many wives I've had? Zero. Hey, good point. <laughs> None of them can be dead if you never had one. See? What I'm unsure of is why at this time he decided to give up the names and locations of eight other women whom he had killed. I don't know why he would do that. I'm pretty sure it's because he's proud of it. Yeah. Yeah. You think so? Oh, yeah. He loved this the attention? Guy, I'm pretty sure this guy from, like, writing the publicity, he loves it. Oh, yeah. Loves he's, being mentioned in the paper all the he, time. He's one of those serial killers who just loves the attention. Ooh, he probably jerks it in his little oh, prison I'm cell. I'm sure he does. What a piece of trash. Beatrice Andrew Artha and Bertha Goodnich met their fate in a rowboat on Lake Washington in Seattle. Agnes Wilson and Eleanor Frazier went down the Spokane River Falls near Tacoma with their skulls crushed by rocks. Jesus. Alice Ludvigson died at the Wild Joe River in Idaho. Mrs. M.A. Watt and Marie Austin were drowned in the beautiful Lake Coeur d'Alene in Idaho. Remember we mentioned that on... Uh... The dynamite guy. Harry Orchard in the dynamite yeah, man. Yeah, yes. Cordeline. That's nope. right, Cordeline. The ninth, Elizabeth Prohr met an unfortunate finish near Plum, Washington, where Watson bashed her with a hammer and buried her under a tree trunk. Did it say, like, his average, um, like, marriage time with these ladies? It was not long. It was like... It was a matter of months before they were married, and then he would, like, have them killed. Ugh. Almost Does it give the ages of any of them, or like, is there an age range for the ladies? I wish I knew. That's I, I know it's so it old. I know mm-hmm. it's just a lot of these names, though. Classy, classy old school lady names. I, I know. Like I hope they make a comeback. You think? So? Well, there's a lot of Khaleesi's now, isn't there? <laughs> there really are. <laughs> but Agnes, you never hear Beatrice. Uh-uh. I love Eleanor, I love Eleanor. Oh yeah, Eleanor or. Rosemary. You know what I would like to come back to? Esther. Let me meet an Esther. Esther's a good name. Okay. I've never met an Esther. I feel like every Esther I've known is like, she's kind of cute, but she's really weird. She's like Hmm. the nerdy weird girl. Well, that's fine. Like a (laughs) There's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely nothing wrong with that, but I'm just saying. Definitely. Esther, get at me. (laughs) In describing these homicides, Watson did not show the imagination he developed later at San Quentin. Discussing the good niche murder, he was very deadpan. We were by the lake, and an impulse came over me. I hit the girl. Something said, go ahead. And I went ahead. I, it was just getting on dusk. As Dean Jennings of Esquire editorialized, It was as good as a slot machine in your own home, rigged to pay every time. Watson was deluged with gush from widows, school teachers, housemaids, Businesswomen, lonely, homely, forgotten women who wanted a home and security and perhaps a little thin lacquer of love. Don't we all, though? Don't we all? I just want a thin lacquer of love. So he was taking these desperate women, these busy women, and he was like making them feel like they were the center of the fucking world and then bashing their heads in or throwing them in a lake or doing off, throwing them off a waterfall. I mean, I I don't want to like generalize here, but I feel like if we think 
say Nanny Doss or even um what the hell's I forgot her name, the English killer. Bathory? No. Oh, oh no. What the hell is her name? We did two parts on her. I don't remember now. I know. Marianne yeah, Cotton. Yeah, Marianne yep. Cotton. Like during this time, I feel like people who weren't married by a certain age, there's a stigma. Definitely. That's like, hey, I have to get married to someone or else I'm going to be low class in society, which is really sad. And, and I if think they're this widowed guy, and have children, yeah, and this, now they feel like worthless. Yeah, yeah. this guy, th- I mean, thank God now it's Different. all that shit. Yeah, Nobody yeah. gives two fucks mm-hmm. about any of that. But mm-hmm. yeah, this guy totally is preying on it, just like Nanny Dawson. Certainly. Good call. Good yeah. shout, buddy. Hell yeah. Watson ran a very good con, as gross as it is to say. He drove an expensive car, always bought flowers, French candies, and perfume. So if I go on a date, all I need is French candies. That's right, man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I keep bringing him fucking Reese's Pieces. Well, that's, that's why it's fr- never working she's out. She's not E.T., asshole. <laughs> First off, she's a fucking lady. There's nothing wrong with Reese's Pieces. She's not E.T., asshole. Fuck that. I don't like Reese's Pieces. No, nah, they're gross. They're waxy yeah. shit. Fucks. I'd rather just have a cup. Yeah. Reese's cup. Yeah. Ooh. I mean, I will say peanut butter M&M's yes. are superior. Yes. PBM&M's are superior. I remember- Dump them in your popcorn. That's good. Well, all the theaters have Reese's Pieces. I didn't ask about that, though. I told <laughs> you to go get a the- peanut butter M&M's and put in your fucking popcorn, <laughs> is what I said. I don't eat popcorn anywhere besides a movie theater. Die. Also, milk does. I'm going to tell you, one, te- one time out. before we record, Jordan, I'm going to whip you up. The homemade popcorn with mm. the special thing you cook over the stove. Mm. Mm, Jiffy so good. pop, baby. It's so good. Mm-hmm. We'll do it. And I'll fart <laughs> on it just for you. Oh, <laughs> fuck yeah. <laughs> A little bit of fecal flavor. <laughs> so Watson would talk about taking these ladies on Hawaiian honeymoons. And after this intense overload of affection and concentrated effort, he would be able to get her down the aisle easily. Nothing sexier than a fucking two-day boat ride to Hawaii. Let's go. (laughs) But in 1920, while two other women were making wedding plans, Watson was arrested with a list of 60 other marriage prospects. Damn. Jesus. This is like Jordan without killing. Yes. (laughs) Or with killing. With more killing. (laughs) Okay. Watson's case was so complex that no two psychiatrists ever agreed on a diagnosis. Dr. Edward H. Williams said flat out that Watson was insane and that the dominant element in the abnormality was sexual perversion. Watson admitted that he felt an enormous sense of relief after every murder, but he never once felt remorse, nor was he able to show any distinction between right and wrong. Dr. Lewis Weber suggested that Watson was afflicted with anthropophagy, or cannibalism. Oh my god, it's Shana. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, did he ever actually eat anybody? Well? Uh Uh-oh adding that Watson told him he always undressed the women after they were dead. Even so, Dr. Weber insisted Watson was absolutely sane. Dr. George Hunter found significance in Watson's hypospadias, which is a birth defect in which the opening of the urethra is on the underside of the penis instead of at the tip. So that's the sexual Hold on now. What is that movie where that guy has that? I don't know. Uh, I think it's either called a hundred girls or a thousand girls. Super, it's like kind of a rom com. Basically, the story is the get the. I'm sure somebody's seen it. The guy's a virgin in college. 
and then he he hooks up with this girl during a blackout in an elevator, and he's spending the whole movie trying to find this girl that he hooked up with, whatever. But his roommate, who plays Counter Strike while watching porn, and is kind of like your typical misogynist guy. Yeah. And they learn he's that way because he's scared of women because one of them seen his penis with the urethra pointing down, scarred him for life. So I thought that was just like a movie thing, but apparently this is a real, real thing. It really makes me uncomfortable to think about because I like my urethra exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly so where I. it is. This guy just needs like a L, like, an L joint. Oh. Like just... do, do you just <laughs> grab the tip and hold it over the toilet? To I was pee? reading sometimes the urethral opening ends up below the scrotum. Ooh, what? Yes. So you I was just reading like, it on Wikipedia. So it's like a mud flap. You just pull your balls up so and just let her go. You're saying there's a lot of pissing on your balls. I don't know. Here. I don't want to know. I don't want to. So, I never so, want to think about so this again. So you looked up pictures of this. No, I looked up Wikipedia. Okay. I covered most of the screen and read a few paragraphs. <laughs> you just put your hand over the penis. <laughs> yes, yes, like, yeah. <laughs> I keep thinking of that. It kind of looks like a face hugger from Aliens. Oh, <laughs> it makes me sick. You know what? I'm sorry if any listener has this yeah. problem. We're not trying to be insensitive, but I'm sorry. This is weird. I'm sorry, guys. Like I just didn't know it was possible. Anything's possible in the, in the world we live okay, in. Okay, Kevin Garnett. <laughs> Doctor Hunter considered the combo of his weird penis problem and his curious sexual behavior, and said he was a constitutional psychopath. Mm. Doctor Edward Hogue called him a sex pervert and a moral imbecile. <laughs> Years later in San Quentin, Dr. Joseph Catton, a psychiatrist from San Francisco, examined Watson and came away completely baffled. You know what? I mean, you can't really blame him. Mental health wasn't, or like mental psychiatry and everything isn't what it is today. So they're probably like, have never really seen this type of thing before. You can't just pop a Zoloft and and fix somebody. (laughs) They're probably just like, yeah, he's got the demons in him. Definitely. (laughs) The djinn. However, every medical man that looked him over agreed that James P. Watson was no dummy, and some of them went as far as to call him a genius. From evidence now available, Watson enjoyed toying with the doctors and never gave them enough solid information to make a diagnosis on. He was smart enough to grab Woolwine's reluctant offer for a life term, possibly the only mass murderer slash serial killer on record who forced the state to support him in a comfortable cell for the rest of his life. Watson entered San Quentin on May 18, 1920 as prisoner 33755. For two months, this idiot had been the man of the hour in all the papers. He was dissected, cried over, gawked at, and quoted. And as he was escorted into the prison, inmates on Hangman's Row greeted him with cries of, Let's do this together, Jordan. Hang Hang him, him, hang him, him, hang him, hang him. him. And the other prisoners in the yard would have nothing to do with him. He was banished to the tuberculosis ward of the prison hospital and given a job as a male nurse. Oh, that's... I don't know if I'd feel safe being in that wing. That's awful. That's (laughs) awful. The consumption ward? Yeah. Thanks. But the outside world still wanted to know everything about him. Warden James A. Johnston commented that men could never understand how Watson beguiled and bewitched women. He says... I had to turn away a number of women who had no legitimate reason for calling, but faked excuses in the hopes of getting a chance to see him. James Watson took a huge interest in helping the men affected by tuberculosis in his care, 
and drove every warden insane when he would demand extra care for my boys, as he called them. <sighs> not in a not in a weird way, not in a sexual way. I, the the words my boys. I just... call everyone my boy. You're yeah. now you're a homophone. <laughs> You've become a homophone. Okay, you're right. You're right. This guy who was capable of murdering a suspected 25-plus women, gave strange inspiration to dying men, and he helped several inmates go out on their own two feet. Hell yeah. Watson became deeply attached to Clinton Duffy, who was the warden in 1946. Isn't he a relief pitcher for the twins? Yeah. What is his name, though? Troy <laughs> Duffy? Tyler Duffy. Tyler Duffy. What's Troy Duffy? Uh, oh, that's Boondock Saints. Yeah. <laughs> Goddamn. <laughs> Clint Duffy, who was the warden in 1946, he was a unique brand of warden, preferring a humane, understanding, reform approach to the prisoners instead of the brutal treatment San Quentin residents were used to. I was going to say, I think prison around this time is pretty rough. And do you, you've listened to, you're the one that turned me on to the Niles and... Oh, yeah, yeah, Ear Hustle? Ear Hustle, Was yeah. this guy on Ear Hustle, by the way? No, but they <laughs> did talk about how... Uh, all you have to do is listen to uh, last podcast about Carl Pan's Ram, and oh, yeah. you'll be like, yeah. Jesus Christ, this is a fucking Shawshank Redemption in real life. They do one episode where they talk <clears throat> about like the history of San Quentin and like how mm. it used to be like the world's worst fucking Oof. prison. Like, I don't doubt so that. So segregated and race yeah. wars like every yeah. day. Ugh. Metallica filmed a video there. In San Quentin? Yeah. Which one? Uh, I think it was for sane anger, and that was probably the biggest. That was probably the biggest. I'm madly in anger with you. That's probably the biggest fucking atrocity that's ever happened in that prison. Poor prisoners (laughs) had to listen to sane anger for. (laughs) There's more suicides that probably like two full days of filming. Frequent contact with journalists and writers piqued Watson's brain, and soon he demanded a typewriter. Warden Duffy got him a machine, and for the next ten years, he shit out a bunch of nonsense. Watson loved to write light, flowery poetry and wrote shitty poems to all the papers with such titles as My Ideal Wife and Savage Beast and Murderous Men, A Living Death, and The Devil's Retreat. This guy's a real fucking BTK, ain't he? Uh, He's a cringe lord. He's a real fucking cringe lord. The Devil's Retreat. He sent them to the New York Times, the Atlantic Monthly, and other thinking man's papers of the time and was never put off, even when he was rejected constantly. Like we said earlier, he could have sold the life and loves of J.P. Bluebeard Watson, but he was pissed about the 50% commission. You're in jail, dude. Who no cares, shit. you moron? No shit. Take that seven and a half racks and <laughs> do whatever. I mean, you're a piece of shit, but that's fucking idiot. Once, when author Jim Tully wrote an essay about his favorite Bluebeard, Watson broke out with a bitter attack, claiming the story was a fraud. Another time, after a true crime magazine of the time ran his story, he sulked for days until D.L.L. Stanley, the prison physician, suggested he write an official protest. He was constantly battling over the mail with newspaper men. At one point, J. Morgan Marmaduke was accused <laughs> by Watson of trying to steal his buried fortune worth anywhere from fifty to $200,000. That, that is he was quite ar- a gap. He was arguing with a dog? <laughs> yes, with, <laughs> with J.P. Morgan Marmaduke. <laughs> I, I'm glad I know that great Dane's full name. <laughs> yes. Isn't Marmaduke a black lab? No. no, Marmaduke's a great Dane. God damn, mm, okay, dude. All right. Way to ruin the moment, God Cody. damn, dude. <laughs> So Watson thought he was trying to defraud him of his uh, 
fortune that he got from... If you guys can't tell, this guy has severe control issues. Oh my god, <laughs> Jesus yes. Christ. One journalist named Wyclef Hill of L.A. became so intrigued at the prospect of hidden loot that he spent four fruitless years searching for it in deserts, mountains, and coastal areas of California. Watson toyed with Hill and really came back to his old charismatic gaming ways, sending him on dozens of false trails. I think this sounds like the origin stories to uh, National Treasure. Oh, <laughs> the Nick Cage perfect vehicle that it is. Yeah. Yes. Hill finally blew a gasket and filed a lawsuit against Watson for the cost of his hunt. <laughs> Watson promptly countersued for defamation of character. Nothing ever came of these legal duels. You c you're not going to get anything out of a fucking prisoner, you moron. You're stupid enough to believe him. Listen, I want his commissary fund. <laughs> we shouldn't make fun of that. Be making fun of this because Jordan does this every uh, winter. He does. He looks for the little Minneapolis. Oh, the the, the oh, medallion. Yeah. The Pioneer Press treasure hunt. Yeah. You try and find Bluebeard's lost treasure hunt. <laughs> Listen, man, one of these years. You'll get it. It seemed at one point that Watson was getting questioned about missing women from every state in the Western Hemisphere. One man, a former Edmonton reporter, tried to connect Watson with six murders in Calgary, but Bluebeard brushed him right off. Another time, the county attorney in Tecumseh, Nebraska, <laughs> felt sure Watson had decapitated a wife and stepdaughter in town. Morrissey said a man named E. He Hess had committed this crime in 1911 using an axe on his two victims and setting the house ablaze. So uh, he likes using the axe, huh? He's a fan. He's mm. a fan. Okay. And they're pretty sure that he did... Well, I'll, here, I'll get you right there. Okay. There was a mountain of evidence indicating that Watson and Mr. E. E. Hess were one and the same. Watson also confided to a psychiatrist some years ago that he lived somewhere in the Midwest in 1911, and he had deserted a wife there. But old Bluebeard vehemently denied that he was Hess. And nothing further came from the question. Okay, this is making me wonder because did it did it say where specifically in the Midwest he was? Because he was always very coy about it. <clears throat> always. Because, because there's very famous axe murders around early 1900s in like Iowa and I think Illinois, Minnesota. I think it was in vogue at the time. Okay. Well, I, I assume the axe is like a cheap weapon they could use. Everybody's got one. I was going to say at that time, you got to use wood to heat your house. Yep. So, the uh, Yeah, the New Orleans axe man was mm -hmm. right around this time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was just laughing because is this Tecumseh? Tecumseh? Tecumseh. Tecumseh. Okay. You ever heard of William Tecumseh Sherman? The, no. Okay. I mean, it's just history. It's just U.S. history. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever, man. Ordinarily, Watson handled these barbs and insinuations with politeness and delicacy. A plea came from Mrs. E.J. Rose of Vancouver, system of victim Beatrice Andrew Wartha. He said system. I did? Yeah. System of victim? <laughs> A plea came from Mrs. <laughs> system. A plea came from Mrs. E.J. Rose of Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> A plea came from Mrs. E.J. Rose of Vancouver, sister of victim Beatrice Andrew Wartha, wanting to know where the body was buried. Watson replied evasively, being a real sarcastic fuckbag, even though he had once confessed to the killing outright. I will say that sometimes I am in doubt whether she is or is not dead. He wrote in part. 
Things regarding her are so clouded, I could not make an oath of what became of her. I would think of a boat trip, for example, and I cannot remember her being with me later. I recall that this woman found on my person papers that showed what I was doing. Please tell the gentleman that I can never take upon myself the blame of doing it, for such acts are not part of my natural nature. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a fucking prick. <laughs> he admitted to killing her, and but she wanted to know where the body was. I feel like everybody should just quit talking to this guy. Yeah. That's all just, he wants. Yeah. Just quit talking to him, and then he'll wilt he'll away. Cough, or he'll cough up more bodies. Yeah. He'll get justice for everybody. In his two decades in San Quentin, Watson enjoyed being a bit of a celebrity. He was very proud of his title as Bluebeard, and typed the nickname on his manuscripts and shitty poetry time after time after time. He was always willing to send his fans, weird people who collect things from killers, as well as criminologists, whatever they wanted. Whether that would be a sample of his handwriting, a palm print, a custom poem, whatever they wanted, he would usually oblige within reason. I want a plaster mold of his penis. Do you? <laughs> to see how all these women could fall for it? It'll make a perfect sink. Mm. Because you put it on there and it'll come straight down. Oh, right. Because of the apoapsis <laughs> yeah, or whatever yeah. it's called. He had such a good spot lined up in San Quentin, he refused to see the parole board and asked to be taken off the parole board list for the rest of his life. <sighs> Okay. Unlike other inmates serving life sentences, Watson was eligible for parole due to the one tiny murder he was charged with. Wow. By removing his name, he was able to guarantee that he would never be tried in some other state, which would either result in the death penalty or a much, much less cushy cell. So we think he's being weird, but actually he's being very smart. Yes. Yeah. He's living in the life of luxury. He gets whatever he wants. He's a male (laughs) nurse that gets that... Treats tuberculosis. He's got, got a typewriter. He, you think he's got a Sega Genesis? Dude, he's got Genesis. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's got Genesis. <laughs> he's playing Altered Beasts. <laughs> he's definitely... He'll never beat it, but, I mean, he'll play Has the first Has anybody level. ever beat that game? Yes, it's awful. I have. It's awful. <laughs> In October 1939, Watson was stricken with pneumonia. He was close to 70, according to the best estimates, and for a while it looked like he was on the mend. But the son of a bitch suddenly and quietly died on October 15th. He was buried in the prison cemetery with a small board marked 33755 as his headstone. He lived a lot longer than he probably should have. I think so. 70 years old in this time, yeah, you've made it a long time. Clinton Duffy and other prison authorities were flooded with letters from men and women claiming a part of the Watson fortune. Relatives asked for $20,000 each as their respective share. To try and make sense of why all these relatives thought there was money, he examined Bluebeard's last will. Written in January 1937, the will disposed of cash, bonds, and other valuables listed at $80,000. Duffy was the named executor and heir to one-third of the fortune, and other beneficiaries included the latest warden, James B. Hollihan, the Salvation Army, and other curiously assorted people. (laughs) So he was a fucking asshole his whole life, and he gave his money away to, like, decent people and organizations. Maybe there's wow. a twist coming up, Cody. Oh, 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 oh. He bequeathed $1 to any legitimate heirs who might show up. <laughs> it looked as if Clinton Duffy was about to be a rich, rich man, but Bluebeard would have the last post-mortem laugh. Mentioning the money in the will, he had written, 
the location of the fortune will be revealed Ugh. in another document. Fucking Nick Cage. Searching for this precious piece of paper, Duffy found it in a sealed envelope, and he admits, opened it with skepticism and hope. There were a dozen pages, closely typed, and burning with deep hatred for a certain prison guard who was Watson's worst nightmare. And that was all that was there. The treasure was never mentioned, and neither Duffy nor anyone else have been able to find Bluebeard's treasure. Clinton Duffy, viewing the matter from a humorous perspective, suspects Watson was just fucking with him and the rest of the world. But he did leave something. A trunk full of awful uh. fucking pearl poems worth no money and a prison bank account worth $18.70. Well, that's probably like 16 <laughs> cartons of Lucky Strikes. You ain't kidding. Hell yeah. <laughs> you ain't kidding. <laughs> what a fucking prick. This, okay, I was wrong. This guy was a prick to the very fucking end. He was dude. a bitter cunt all yeah. the way through. Well, I will say, after hearing this story, he, he basically has fulfilled every trope of a serial killer where he had a bad mother, mm -hmm. and then he took it out on the women, mm -hmm. and I'm assuming the penis thing was yeah. kind of that's a, wrapped that's in a there, rough too. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Did it, okay, did you say his mother made fun of his penis, too? Or yes, was that... she made fun of his penis while she was whipping him with a whip. <sighs> yeah, that's... Can't do that. No, that's a bad mommy. But, uh, goddamn, 22 people, man, and all the uh, fake names, you know, mm -hmm. kind of makes you wish they would bring back the paper IDs, right? So right. you just keep printing off yeah. different names and that's just who you are right now? Oh, I, really, I really wish they'd bring that back because I got some plans lined I'm up. I'm tired of Cody Wong and I want to be yeah. somebody completely yeah. different. I want to be James Bluebeard Watson. I want to be Tobey Maguire, Star yeah. Spider-Man 3. Hell Best yeah. Best film in 2007. spider Terry. I want to be William Williams. Oh. <laughs> you love the fucking bellboy. Listen, I, I need me a case of the bellboy. Quit being, a, quit being a beer tender and go be a bellboy somewhere. I just listened to that I've been a beer tender again. for like a year. Truth. Well, you could be... If you would have, you know, quit fucking around... You graduated high school. You became a bellboy from there. You could be like bellboy captain. Supreme. Yeah. I was just going to say. Grand Dragon bellboy. <laughs> Is that the high level of bellboy yeah. supreme? Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you want to tell us what the levels of bellboys are, you can do so at bumblebuttpodcast at gmail.com. What's that, Adam? Bumblebuttpodcast at gmail.com. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at bumblebuttpod and on Facebook and Instagram at bumblebuttpodcast. Instagram's kind of our main focus. Of course, Jordan and I also have personal Instagrams. Damn right. His is at j.j.fox. Yup. Mine is at Bumble Adam. Yeah. And Cody just uses the company one. I am going to be making my own very soon. Nobody cares. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> <Thank> cares. <you. laughs> well, once you do, then I can say it. But until then, Cody. <laughs> okay, I'll shut up. Until then, you shut up. You know who else doesn't care? Who? Uh, people who leave iTunes reviews. Now you're doing my job too. Now you're I'm cross. I'm not just... only are you cross talking and interrupting, but now you're taking my job away from me. <laughs> Bluebeard in your ass. And now it's time for the most important part of the show. At least if you ask Cody, the iTunes reviews. Fucking none. <laughs> yep, we didn't get any. I can't believe we got no iTunes reviews. They did a sin dirty. I, I guess they don't love you boys anymore. We had a record setting day for downloads. Yeah. And they couldn't even leave a review. You know what? I'm starting to learn, like, the downloads are going up, the reviews aren't going up as much, but I feel like they're connected, but not as much as they claim to be. 
We get like one review for every 1.5 thousand downloads or something. Yeah, something like that. It's crazy. I just want I just want to break 100 by the end of the year. That's all I want. The end of the year. Well, I want to break okay. 200 by the end of the year. That'd be nice too. Respect and earn twice. I Once mean, you lose it, it's gone. It's lame it, when your money right, but you're using it wrong. It takes 10 yeah. seconds to click and just write, enjoy this in, podcast. In, in the year of uh, millennials, 10 seconds is too long. 10 That's seconds true. too long, baby. <laughs> That's true. What's the name? Of, there's a punk song called 29 Second Song Too Goddamn Long. Uh, ICP, I don't know. Yeah, the best punk band. Cody, <laughs> now that you're a lame bastard, let's get the hell out of here, shall we? Let's do it. I've been Adam. That has been Jordan. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you, Adam. Uh, that's been Cody. Thank you, Cody. Thank you, Adam. And everybody, have a nice weekend, unless it's Tuesday. Happy birthday, Pops. Ah, yes. Forgot Yay. about that. Happy birthday, big boy. <laughs>